You're listening to Coming of Cage, a Nicolas Cage podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Coming of Cage podcast, your Nicolas Cage movie review podcast. I am your host, Derek, and I've got my co-host, Ryan, with me. Hello. Hello. Welcome back, man. This is our first recorded episode in like a month. Yeah. So the National Treasure episode that came out a couple weeks ago, we recorded before we went on break. And then we took a break to kind of support the strike that's happening and also... Derek had some personal vacation type stuff happening. Um, and so, yeah, we're back recording again and it feels so good. So uh, good. Yeah. I so it. Derek, you kind of had a special vacation. You planned a trip to Las Vegas, which is like I mentioned in our chat earlier, essentially Jerusalem for Nicholas Cage <laughs> worshipers like us, you know, and you wanted to go there and pay your respects and uh, do your worshiping as close to the Lord as you can. Um, did you have a good time? What did you, th- did you feel closer to Nick Cage than ever while you were there? Uh, I had, I had a good time. It was really cool. It was, so for those who don't know, it was my anniversary slash the long delayed honeymoon. And, um, I, you know, I didn't get to go to his mansion where he's got his uh, Komodo dragon and, and all that, but I did get to do two things that were cage adjacent. Uh, one is I got to see Nicholas Cage wax the wax version of Nicolas Cage inside the wedding chapel at Madame Tussauds in Vegas. And I got some photos with that. That was pretty great. It's good to see him. He's just right there, right in the middle of the, ready to marry anybody who comes in, you know, which is, which is cool. His likeness uh, looked better than some of the other ones you posted. So his was good. Not the best. There were a few that were like spectacular, yeah. Um, and some that were not very good. His was <laughs> more in the middle, I would say. It was better than the but... than the uh, one of him in the unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> That's true. That's but that one true. was made to look bad. So yeah, yeah. This one was not grotesque. It, it was it was good. It was. <laughs> so what's the second cage adjacent thing? So the second thing was uh, on our last day there. So we stayed on the strip at Caesars, but on the last day we managed to get out to Old Vegas to Fremont Street you know, where they've got, you know, it's covered and you've got the lights and everything. And so we kind of were in the area of where Nicolas Cage crashes the airplane in Con Air. And so that's the closest I've ever been to a Nicolas Cage movie set uh, since I've never been to Alcatraz or anything like that. So uh, that was cool. You know, just kind of feeling a little bit closer to that era of film, you know, leaving Las Vegas. A lot of it took place more in old Vegas not really the the core you know strip area like it is today so just feeling I was kind of hoping bit... you were going to get a video of yourself in uh in a liquor store <laughs> you know doing a little dance thing that he does when he's buying alcohol no uh, that right. that didn't happen i didn't, you know no liquor store um we just kind of walked around and we did hit up there's a movie prop place on Fremont Street that you Ryan have donated a movie prop to I didn't donate it, but yeah, I did. Well, I did previously trade. own. Yeah. I did previously own a prop that is now in that museum. Yes, Were they, did they have any Nick Cage? Uh, no, 
No, no Nick Cage stuff. I was kind of hoping I'd see a little little bit of something there, you know, to tie it all together at the end. But a lot of his stuff is in private collections. So probably in his collection, really. (laughs) Actually, there's a lot of stuff out there. But yeah, maybe some of it is. There is one other Cage adjacent thing that happened. Also vacation adjacent. When you came home from this trip, you started having visions of Nick Cage in your house. Oh God. Right. No, I almost, I almost forgot my buddy here. So for those who are uh, watching our show, you can watch our show. We have a video version of the podcast. I am holding Pickleus Cage, Nicholas Cage's face on a pickle. And this is the the large one that I have here. And we have an indeterminate number of smaller Pickleus Cages that we um, have been giving to my toddler daughter and she loves them. She just runs around the house saying Pickleus. Uh, which is pretty great. Yeah. So yeah. The, the Lord comes to us in material in mysterious ways, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know who knows they how they got from. there. Yeah. I mean, they just, just appeared, you know, maybe yeah. each time I was close to Nick, then I just, you know, one just generated in my Could house. Be. And, yeah. I mean, but know. either way, you're very, very lucky to, uh, <laughs> to be having such a blessing in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, anyway, I'm we should probably get to the, <laughs> We should probably get to the actual. This is really fun for our listeners seeing what's happening. Well, you know, this is this is why we have the video version. You can go to comingofcage.com if you want to watch that, you know, and see the weird stuff that we do sometimes. That's so. right. All right. Let's. Yeah, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on. What, what <laughs> movie are so we sad. talking about? What are we doing? Um, this is one that I've tried to get you to watch for a long time, not because of Nicolas Cage, but just because I had a feeling you would like it. Um, Teen Titans go to the movies. Yes. which um, came out, I don't remember what year. I need to pull it up on IMDb, which I usually do for these, but I didn't. 2018. 2018, so not that long ago, really. No. Um, kind of in a weird spot for DC movies in general, uh, if you compare some of those other movies that were coming out around that time. Um, and they definitely used some of those as uh, some of the humor in the film. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, this this is one, I, I, a lot a lot of Teen Titans Go stuff is very, uh, you know, controversial in the community, um, but I tend to enjoy it. And Derek hadn't really watched any Teen Titans Go content before this. You had watched the old cartoon and yeah. have consumed some other Teen Titans stuff. Um, but yeah, this is your first time watching Teen Titans Go, that incarnation of it. Um, and yeah, the Nicolas Cage plays Superman. It's a pretty small role. I think he maybe has six or seven lines throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Buddy is the main motivation. The things he says is the main motivation for the movie. So, yeah, he does kind of kick it all off. And then there's a few other interesting, you know, voice actors: Will Arnett and Kristen Bell are in there, which is kind of cool. Um, Almost all the original actors for the Teen Titans are back as voice actors for this. That's one thing that a lot of the old Teen Titans. Fans don't know is that a lot of the all the Teen Titans Go characters pretty much have the same voice actors as they did back in the original cartoon. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. And like the reason I didn't watch Teen Titans Go is because I legitimately thought it was just made for a younger audience, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that, but I didn't think it was made for, you know, 30 something, you know, mid 30s guy uh, kind of thing. So I just kind of let it let it be you know, right. off on its own, even so. though I told you it was, you know. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. Because... I believed you. I just never got around to it at that point. You know. So we do want to give a little bit of a warning because Derek and I are very serious about our DC films. 
in general. Um, at least we were up until recently. Um, <laughs> when they self-collapsed. Uh, they collapsed under themselves like the weight of a dying star. And, uh, you know, so we may get into the weeds on DC stuff. This is probably going to be more of a movie review than a Nick Cage discussion. So with that said, I'm still looking forward to this because this is one I've wanted to discuss with you for a while. Um, it also has been a little bit of time since we watched it. So there may be some memory lapses for one or both of us because we had some illnesses and things that were going on that delayed <laughs> the uh, production of this episode. But, uh, you know, hopefully we remember at least something about whatever my notes were about. And if I didn't, I didn't notate everything because it's usually I only notate things that I that really stand out uh, in this movie. You know, it was a little bit of a different kind of movie. So I don't have as many notes. So feel free to throw some stuff out there if there's something I missed that you want to talk about. Sounds good. Let's do All it, right. man. Let's do it. So my first note for Teen Titans Go to the Movie is sentient boom boxes walking around and nobody caring. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're getting like this kind of intro. This movie was made so that somebody that doesn't know anything about Teen Titans Go could come in and, and you know, be not that far behind. And so they're kind of doing an introduction to the team and they have to fight this giant balloon villain. Balloon, yeah, um, balloon, was he called Balloon Man? No, it was inflatable destroyer, I think. Inf okay. Um, but which I don't know if it's an actual DC character. It's not that outlandish compared to some of the other concepts in DC. So um, but yeah, there's it's showing like a bunch of people walking in the streets and things like that. And then there's just randomly a sentient boombox and a uh one of the Robin uh wingdings or whatever they're called flying next to it. And <laughs> they're just kind of floating there and moving around and it's it doesn't bother anybody, which I thought was interesting. But so, according to the power of Google, Balloon Man was created for this movie. Inflatable Destroyer. Apparently, his name is Balloon Man. Oh, I don't know. I have Inflatable Destroyer written down, so maybe that was just a description of what he is. It might have been. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. my next. He's credited as Balloon Man in IMDb. So. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I thought it was uh, kind of a fun villain, like definitely like more of a tongue-in-cheek silly kind of villain that sure you, you know we're not ever going to see like a live action version of or anything no but, and kids would love that yeah. type of villain so yeah but know. i thought it was fun it was good yeah so and we get we get a fart joke of course they like sure. throw a throw a wing ding or a robin rang or whatever it's called and <laughs> pierces pierces one of his butt cheeks and they're a bunch of air starts shooting out and they make a fart joke which of course um, and then some of the one of the things that I really thought you were going to like about this film is that they won't ever do in a in a serious DC production is they went heavy on Marvel references and like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of shout outs to the Marvel side, um, which is unusual in a DC project. And the first one of those we get in this movie is they reference Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. So what, what I think is really interesting, this they're so meta in this that they kind of exist outside of all of all of our other realities right so it's like they know that there are marvel and dc movies yeah but they're also being made in their universe by their heroes and so that does beg the question of do the avengers exist somewhere else on the planet and we just haven't seen them and they're it's also possible. making their own movies like the justice league are 
It's that's my possible. big takeaway from this movie. Wow, that, that's it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah, they're they're going through and naming a bunch of uh, superhero groups. I think this is one of those spots where I don't remember super well. And they they mention uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and they say no, that's we're not them or whatever, something like that. And that's I think when they start the song. <laughs> yeah, they have. So a song. they think they they think they defeated the balloon guy, and uh, the real Justice League comes in. And defeats the balloon guy uh, while they're while, while the they're singing Titans a song singing. about how about who they are. That's yeah. their introduction. Uh, yeah, and and they think they defeated him, but in reality, the the uh, actual Justice League came in and defeated them. Uh, and then that's when we get our first shot of uh, Superman, Nick Cage. What did you think hearing his voice coming out of Superman? Was it jarring for you? Was it good? What what would you, would you think? It, it was weird. Mainly because while I do think that when he was younger, I I would have really liked to have seen Superman, uh, Superman lives the live action Superman movie he was supposed to do. I think it's important to tailor the design of Superman a little bit more to the voice actor. And this Superman doesn't look right for that voice. And maybe it's because I just don't, I don't really care for this version of Superman, like the design. I don't think he looks right i don't know there's something weird like he, i don't know there's just something about his design mainly in the face that just feels weird and so it didn't match for me i think no. if, if they had given him like maybe the 90s mullet design but that you know, would have been and, good yeah right maybe a little more chiseled like i know it's teen titans go and everything like that but i just well, think they that... do have super serious i mean you could see robin's super serious version later in the movie that's true but like yeah. in the actual cartoon they have one where the Teen Titans, or maybe it's one of the other movies. The other Teen, oh no, the Young Young Justice shows up in one of the episodes, like animated, like Young Justice, like the mm-hmm. show. Well, there and is tells the... them that they can't be taken seriously, and so they all get those super serious, like hyper masculine faces, <laughs> like Robin gets in this movie, yeah. and it is hilarious. If you get the chance to watch that episode, you really should. It's very good. Well, because there is also the Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so that's, that's teased at the end of this movie in the post credit scene. Yeah. So that's you're saying that this is in addition to that. This is, yeah, in just okay. a normal episode of the show gotcha. that was on Cartoon Network or whatever, <clears throat> they ha- they run into Young Justice. That's so I love Young Justice. And um, are, yeah, and, and they're animated just like they were. It's, it's that this show is so meta. That's really DC cool. Stuff. Yeah. And they know that like the old Teen Titans fan hate teen titans go and so in teen titans versus teen titans go or whatever it is <laughs> they uh they they poke fun at that quite a bit and mm-hmm. there's several episodes of the show where they go hyper meta with it too they actually have a person that's one of these audience members that hates them like show up in the show <laughs> and and like you know from the message board and he looks just like you anyway yeah that doesn't have anything to do with the movie but yeah they they're very meta and yeah you i'm glad you got a taste of that in this movie there is there's a line though going back to Superman right and our and our Nick Cage here where he he keeps using the word goofsters, <laughs> which is not a word I ever thought I would hear Nick Cage say. But once you heard it, you it kind was of love great. It, it was yeah. so great. I could like, I, maybe this is just because like you know we're we're watching it for this podcast, but I couldn't help but trying to picture him in the booth oh, doing yeah. these lines. I and did the same thing. I want to watch that so bad because i think that would be really he probably fun. had so much fun yeah i'm sure he did yeah. like because there is this sense of joy that like you can tell he's glad to be there 
even yeah, if this the role was is small. Before, this was before the he ever he probably never thought he would be Superman after that movie right, right. Uh, failed. And then now he does get to come back as Superman. Granted, it's in a much different context. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, since then, they've he's been in the Flash movie um, with no lines. So we, I don't think we'll be reviewing that one because he doesn't have any lines. It's just like a visual cameo. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he probably thought this was the, like his one shot to voice Superman. And so I'm sure he just really like relished it. Mm-hmm. And also his son voices yeah. somebody. I can't remember who. Oh, young Bruce Wayne. Which I thought was kind of cute. Yeah, I didn't Ryan know that until the in. credits rolled. Yeah. Um, so then we get a Green Lantern movie dig. And, and I mean, this is... You're going to hear Derek... Well, if you listen to our other podcast, Screen Heroes, you would have heard Derek complain a lot about like easy targets um, on DC movies. And this movie definitely hit all those easy targets. I thought it was funny still, especially in the context of the movie, because it's such a it's a kid's movie that joke, you know, a joke about the Green Lantern movie is clearly not meant for the kids. You know what I mean? But I think context matters, though, right? Like here you have John Stewart Green Lantern making a reference to an actual live action movie right. that he's not even in. Right. That that really existed. But they're referencing it in this children's cartoon like that. That's OK. Like, that's funny. I get kind of defensive when it's done in like clickbaity headlines in the real world. Gotcha. Doing things that are you're just saying you're f- okay with it in this context. Did you yeah. laugh? If you're doing things to be meta and fu- and satirical, right. And it's supposed to be comedic, the whole point, right. Like this is still, it's a DC property. They are making fun of themselves. Yeah. Right. And that also matters. If you're picking on yourself, you're acknowledging the mistakes you've made in a humorous way. That's very different then you know clickbaity headlines so did you laugh at that joke i did okay <laughs> i did okay i was hoping you would um so so we get kind of that this is kind of the crux of the movie right is that uh robin wants his own movie and right. you know superman <laughs> and all the justice league is getting ready to go to batman's new movie premiere and uh they're that's when nick cage calls them goofsters and that they're uh you know that <laughs> they're never gonna be taken seriously because they're just goofs, goofsters and um so robin decides to go to hollywood blah 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 um so the movie the batman movie is called batman again <laughs> which is so funny to me um i do think they might have taken the batman spinoff joke a little too far really oh my next my next note was that this is so accurate to warner brothers that they would make a movie about batman's utility belt or the (laughs) the batmobile or alfred before they make a movie for another hero but here's the thing that did you do you know about the batmobile cartoon Yes, they actually have a Batmobile cartoon. <laughs> they did it, but they I've didn't. Watched they it. did not during this when this movie was. It's not thing. bad. I've watched it with my daughter because it's kind of more for like young kids, like really young kids, like cars, right? It's actually not bad. <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest, I would probably watch a movie about the Batmobile or about Batman's utility belt or about Alfred. And actually. Well, Funny enough, Alfred. they did actually make an Alfred show after this movie came yeah. out. So this movie correctly predicted at two least of two. those three movies. At least, at and least, we could still get the Batman Utility Belt movie. So, the, oh my god, I guess I, this is jumping ahead a little bit, I guess. But like the scene where Batman is chasing them and they're in the golf cart, and oh god, you know the Batmobile blows up. So then he's on the tumbler, and the tumbler blows up. Then he's on like a little razor scooter, and then that yeah. blows up, and then he's on Alfred's Alfred. Show. 
God. So that was good. So funny. Yeah, it was so funny. Um, but yeah, all those all those movies, uh, movie previews were hilarious. And of course, Robin, they sneak into the theater. Yeah. Um they get rid of some other obscure DC character. They portal them to to uh the Phantom Zone. So I had to look them up because I had they're called the Challengers of the Unknown. And what's interesting that they picked these guys, they were created by Jack Kirby. So this is another Marvel kind of very gentle reference here, right? Like they're a DC property, but they yeah. were created by Jack Kirby. And they actually they're basically the Fantastic Four, but before the Fantastic Four, he later created the Fantastic Four. So this is like super deep cut. This is as deep cut as you can get, I think, in comics. And they did have some pretty big deep cuts in this movie, and they mm-hmm. do in general in Teen Titans Go. But the fact that you had to go look them up and I never heard of them, that says something. Because as far as uh, my friend group, you're definitely by far the biggest DC fan. It was cool. You probably like, wouldn't admit of recent, but, you know, when this movie came out, you would have. It, it was really neat. Like they they throw so many references into these shots, like just like when they're panning across like the studio lot. Or oh whatever, yeah, the right? movie theater with there, all yeah, the, like, the heroes in there. There are so many characters. Swamp Thing shows up in the movie theater. I, <laughs> I don't great. know why that cracks me up every time. It's so great. Like it was just really, really, really well done. Like if you wanted to pause frame by frame, like there's just something in like almost every shot of this movie that's worth taking note. Yeah, absolutely. And my next note, I don't really remember the context of. Oh, I do actually. Um, so they talk about why Robin won't get a movie. And the, I can't remember who helps them decide this, but they say that he needs a arch nemesis, essentially. Uh, right. You know, and uh, they talk about all these people's arch nemesis. You know, Superman has Lex Luthor. Uh, Batman has Joker. <laughs> Flash has Rainbow Rider. <laughs> That was pretty funny. Which is another deep cut. I mean, that's that's a super deep cut too. But so that uh, was I've... Jade, Jade, Kristen Bell's character, Jade Wilson. Right. Um, which Jade Wilson, which no DC care, no DC uh, fan would ever pick up on that. Might there might be an alternate thing going on there? I can't decide if that was worth it for the joke, or if that just kind of ruins the twist of the movie for most of the audience. Uh, I think they knew who they were making the movie for. So yeah, okay. Okay. But I mean, if it was funny to you, then I'd say it worked. Okay, I did. I thought it was funny. I I, I did. I love so, that it was Kristen Bell. I'm a huge Kristen Bell fan, so that oh, was yeah. cool. Who isn't? Right. So uh, then they they're like, okay, we got to get we got to get a villain, and so <laughs> they get a, a crime alert on their little <laughs> crime pad, and uh, they go and and uh, go to this crime, and it's Deathstroke, right? But at this point, nobody knows who Deathstroke is. And they keep calling him Deadpool, just a again a Marvel reference, but <laughs> just a really one. funny one because he's so offended. And they compare him to to Deadpool. He's like, "Yeah, you have the two swords, and you make like the quippy lines, and you've got the two tone suit, and like like all these things that are similar." Because those characters have been compared forever. for forever. And you know, Deadpool came out way after Deathstroke did. So Deathstroke was actually the first one, but most people would know Deadpool over Deathstroke. Well, so, especially since Ryan Reynolds. You yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, Deathstroke hasn't had a big live action movie. He's been in a couple <sighs> of the shows. We, dude, we were so close. He's been in the Titans movie or Titans show and he's been in Arrow. Uh, Joe, Joe Maggi- Maggianello uh, was supposed to play him in yep. the Batman movie with Affleck. And I think that was a huge wasted opportunity. Agreed. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, 
he's never gotten that big break like Deadpool has. So, you know, it, it was that was just a huge, hilarious moment for me. He was just arguing with him about how he's not Deadpool. But this is two T- DC characters arguing in universe about this <laughs> other Marvel character. Again, it goes back to your original, like, big question from the movie. Um, and then apparently in this, I don't, maybe this is a deeper cut than what I'm familiar with, but he has mind manipulation powers. <laughs> which is basically doing really terrible magic tricks and like distracting them. Like, but the teen Titans go being the goofsters that they are, you know, they fall for them. It's so funny. Like, well, yeah. What's that? What's that behind you? What's that over there? <laughs> no, I'm serious. There's something really, really happening back there. You're going to miss it. <laughs> yeah. And it works. Of course. Uh, uh. I don't remember the context for this either, but then we get the lion King superhero song and Batman's like holding Robin Oh, it's a dream. It's a nightmare yeah. that Robin has. Yeah, yeah. He's like holding back. We get this really like goofy looking Batman holding Robin up like Simba and the Lion King while this like superhero version of the Lion King score is playing. And uh, yeah, it's just pretty funny. Um, oh, and yeah. So then we get like this inspirational song about life. That's also part of the dream. Mm hmm. Uh, with like was it a, a unicorn or like a bear with a unicorn horn or something like that? I don't remember. You remember that, that what I'm talking about? No, I don't remember that at all. It was voiced by Michael Bolton. He sings the song. Oh right, yeah. About like about yeah. Oh, that was yeah. fun. I actually yeah. put that yeah, in my yeah. notes. Inspirational song about life is that Michael Bolton and because I was like, it sounds like Michael Bolton, it totally which is great is. that they got Michael Bolton. Oh man. Um. <laughs> and then the star, Starfire playing the saxophone, uh, you know, during that was hilarious. Yeah, the, uh, just like that whole sequence was hilarious. Uh, but it ends up being a nightmare for Robin, if I remember, because like mm-hmm. the Michael Bolton's character like dies really terribly or something. Well, uh, and the whole thing's in that because nobody wants it. Like nobody takes Robin seriously in the dream yeah. either, you know. And so that's that's his big thing is he wants to be taken seriously, you know. Um, and then we we do get after that he wakes up from this dream and goes back to Hollywood and he's like convinced. That he's just going to ask Jade for a movie. I think this is that point. And when they're on their way there, he's like monologuing. Robin is. And then mm-hmm. you see like a little Stan Lee in the back, like mugging the camera <laughs> behind everything. And then he eventually like talks to the Teen Titans. And it is Stan Lee. This was mm-hmm. before he passed away. Um, doing a cameo in this DC project, which is just icing on the cake for all the Marvel references, right? They actually got a Stan Lee cameo. It's um, wonderful. It really yeah. is. Because like, I'm one of those people that's like, I just, like, well, let's have both. Yeah. You know, right? So like, And I think he is too. I yeah. think pretty famously, he was like, I, you know, we're not really competing with DC. We're all doing our own thing, you know, go and support both. Right. And so that was just really great. And he's like, I don't care. I love cameo. <laughs> Yeah, which he did. I mean, yeah. famously, you know, he talked about it all the time. He just loved doing cameos and even animated cameos, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get another joke that I have to ask if you laughed at. I think you know what it's going to be. The famous scene from Batman v Superman. Oh, I, I don't even I, remember the context of the joke in the movie, in this movie. So what happens is the tit- the Titans get oh, into yeah, the yeah. studio where the we, we this is where we learn that the heroes are actually acting as they're themselves, playing themselves yeah. in the movies. Um, but not and, all of them. No, not as all. As we find them. out later. Yeah. Right, but some of them. Uh, at least the good guys. The good right. guys, right? And so they're, yeah, they're doing BVS. And so Batman and Superman are doing the Martha scene. And like, I think 
I never really thought it was like a terrible scene. I thought it worked in the moment in the movie and it's just the joke's been played to death. So like I kind of rolled my when eyes this at came it. out. Well, yeah, I mean, it was three years ago Four. wow. Geez. Five years yeah, ago. Oh my exactly. God. And this is only two years after <laughs> BBS. So this was probably one of the first like media recognitions of making fun of that. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I think just by watching it now though, it was just kind of an eye roll moment for me. Like I'm not offended by it. It's, it's whatever, but you know, yeah, I thought it was funny. I still thought it was funny. I laugh at those jokes anyway. Um, and I don't remember the oh, this is Robin. Robin decides he needs a catchphrase. Oh god, they're so bad. <laughs> and his catchphrase is crack an egg on it. <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, but he it's says it a few times in the movie. Yeah, he's like visualized, he's trying to explain to Jade what this movie would be what a Robin mm-hmm. movie would be. So you get him as like very Batman, like uh, animated series style uh, animation and, you know, a couple different kinds of animation really throughout the whole like sequence. But, uh, but yeah, that's his, that's his line. And he says it very seriously in this like very serious Robin movie with lots of explosions, very Michael Bay. But like none of the heroes have catchphrases. No, that's true. Right. So like, I don't know, like, it's just, it's so silly. It's well, it's clobber in time. We have that in the fantastic four movies. I guess that's true. That's about, that's about it. That's about it. I think. Um, <laughs> so then as she says, no, I don't remember what her reason was at this point, but she just says she's, she's not, it doesn't think this is a good idea. And, uh, what is it? It's, oh, it's because why would I make a movie of you when there's so many other more interesting superheroes? Right. So he decides that he needs to go, go back. This is obviously what you would get from this, that, that comment is that you need to go back in time and make sure there's no other heroes. So then we get an actual back to the future score. Yeah. Which I which, thought was a great use of it. Yeah. Very cool. That was very cool. I mean, I'm a sucker for that. So, oh yeah, I know you're a score man, but yeah. They get like these pedal cars that are their <laughs> time travel and they're fueled off of awesome. Wheels. Yeah, they're they're fueled off of awesome. So they have to like do do enough tricks to fill the awesome bar. So they're doing like all these ridiculous like X Games style stunts on uh on these like big wheels to go back in time. And the first place they go is Planet Planet Krypton. Right, because the idea is so their their premise which is flawed is that superheroes only exist because of their tragic past. Right. And so he wants to undo all of the tragic pasts. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the first place they go is Krypton. And so they stop, they tell, they tell uh, Superman's parents, Jor-El and uh, his mother, I don't remember the name of, but uh, it tells them that what kind of parents are they sending this child hurtling through space and then they have basically a rave playing like these musical crystals, uh, like EDM. Yeah, uh, somehow that's what stops the planet that from stops blowing the up. Planet from uh, blowing up. I mean, you just have to have a rave. Yeah. Uh, but it was a funny scene, and uh, yeah, so that stops it. So then they go to like I think they go to stop Batman. Yeah. Um, tell him why are you going down Crime Alley? When, <laughs> Which like, is funny. Happiness Lane is right down here. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that they 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 show a shot of Crime Alley. It's just like a dozen criminals with guns, (laughs) knives, and stuff. And then the Happiness Alley is like all bright colors and like rainbows and stuff Uh, like that. And they're like right next to each other. I did like though that uh, on the the marquee it said Mask of Zorro, which yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought that was interesting that that's the Batman that they were going with specifically. Right. Yeah, that was funny. 
Yeah. And then you get like a really quick, like blink if you miss it TMNT reference in there where uh, they had four turtles and like a thing of ooze was falling out. Oh, and like Robin kicks it yeah. out of the way. That was great. I did catch that. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. Uh, and then I, my next one was poop joke. I don't really know. That could have been anything in this in this movie. I don't remember. Kids love poop and fart jokes. So, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? Uh, Shia LaBeouf is my next note. Oh yeah, yeah, because he's playing. So that's a bit of that, that jumps ahead a bit. Um, oh, okay. he, but he's playing one of the villains. He plays. Oh right, he's playing the Deathstroke oh, in that's the movie, right. Yeah. right? So he's just got the helmet on, and they think it's actually Deathstroke, and they beat up Shia LaBeouf, and then they find out it's Shia LaBeouf, and they just beat him up more, uh, <laughs> which was pretty funny. But but they have to. They basically find out though that by undoing all the superheroes the world is essentially destroyed they come back and everything is on fire literally on fire so they have to go back and cause all yeah, blow of up krypton and, and send send uh the parents down crime alley and yeah. they don't show the the who's hitting the turtles unfortunately when it, when they know that but but then uh, yeah so then they, they actually do stop deathstroke from stealing the special gem that he needs and because of that they now have a real arch nemesis and robin can have his movie made right and my next note is probably something related to that superman lois lane gene hack hackman real estate scam trick they reference that which is from one they of the uh original reference. superman movies yeah they do but reference I don't remember that. what it was in relation to yeah i don't remember either but they i do remember the reference i thought, that I was, thought funny. it was a pretty great reference obviously again as another reference clearly not for kids because no kid's gonna have have seen those old not know, too superman many anyway. movies at six at six years old or yeah. eight years old or whatever you know well my daughter will have at least the first two we'll see you won't even show her some of the movies that I recommend that are actually kids' movies. So we'll see. Like what? Anyway, I don't. I'm not going to get into it. That's that's a whole. That's a tangent. Uh, <laughs> Do- Doomsday streaming device. They, they, yeah. The Titans come across this this device that all the Justice League is helping build after they eat their the entire Justice League like craft service. You know, craft yeah. service. Um, they they see this device that the, that the Justice League is building, and it just says uh, Doomsday on the side. And Jade says, I know it's a bad name, but it's like an acronym that stands for like, it's their new streaming platform. Right. To stream to every, which is on the nose, you know, maybe back then it wasn't as much on the nose, but now, you know, I actually, I think back then that we didn't have as many streaming services no. as we have now. So it was, uh, you know, it was relevant. Oh, now absolutely. We have, now we have all these streaming services and they keep raising prices and, you know, taking things off that you can't ever see again and things like that. So um that i think this hit good. like right before it all blew up like, which is funny very telling yeah. yeah the movie predicted a lot of things um but yeah this streaming device apparently streams directly in everybody's tvs and you don't need like a subscription or anything it just beams these superhero movies straight to you which again is funny because the whole thing is just to stream superhero movies mm-hmm. which is now again super relevant because as disney plus has just had a, a couple shows come out that have been pretty panned widely because they're just releasing so much content mm-hmm. that you know it, it essentially just overwhelming everybody with superhero content that they're not even watching it anymore so right uh, it's just another thing that's very relevant in this movie uh and then we get our super serious robin face because that's what my next note is super serious robin face which is one of my favorite gags from the actual show he just gets this hyper chiseled like 
crazy it doesn't match the animation style at all it's almost the exact opposite of the animation style it's such a hideous face it kind of reminds me a bit of something that like ren and stempy or rocco's modern life used to do oh yeah where they went to like hyper realistic you know? yeah yeah it is kind of like that which <laughs> is a good gag for animated shows but uh yeah it's i i think it is what robin views like a real like superhero to look like you know he doesn't they don't look like what his team looks like they look like these hyper crazy serious things mm-hmm. um so yeah my next note is slade wearing female director mask yeah because so that's the big reveal yeah. if you hadn't figured it out already by their names that he is jade wilson and he's been wearing the jade mask on top of his helmet <laughs> the whole time, the whole time. Not- so <laughs> I gotta ask because I thought I have my feelings about this, but you know when they first run into Deathstroke, they don't call him that. Um, they call him Slade. Slade. Did you think that was funny? The whole like way they're emphasizing yeah, Slade with like the, the floppy did. tongues and stuff. Okay. I mean, it, I mean, it's a little over the top, but that's on purpose. I think it worked. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then we get a line about Nick Cage having explosive diarrhea or Superman having explosive diarrhea. I don't know. My next note is Nick Cage explosive diarrhea line. I, I must have missed that one. Well, search through the quotes and see if you can find it. There aren't know. that many quotes on IMDb, unfortunately. Oh, bummer. Um, well, yeah, he says some line about explosive diarrhea, which I thought was funny. Um, yeah, and then we get the Batman chase scene <laughs> so that good. Derek was referencing earlier, it's where so he starts good. out. He starts out like the like the animated series Batmobile, and then that that gets blown up and so yeah he's in the tumbler then he's on like the bat bike and then that gets blown up and he's on like a scooter it's a little, little razor scooter yeah and then he's on like skull like roller skates oh right and then, the that gets blown up, and then he's riding alfred's back and alfred's just running just really running. fast and they were like i think they make a comment and say like man he's really got a contingency for anything doesn't he or something something like that yeah yeah, yeah that was, was pretty so good. good and then we get a second stan lee cameo oh right yeah was mm-hmm. good they reference the Animaniacs a little bit. Oh, ago, yeah, too, they do when they're on Warner cool. Brothers lot. They, yeah, like uh, that's where the Animaniacs live. Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously they could do that because Warner Brothers owns those properties too. Right. So. Yeah. It's all. Um, and so several times throughout this movie, I thought this was a, a clever way of dealing with her powers. But if you are a fan of Teen Titans, uh, then you know that Raven is basically way more powerful than anybody else on the team. And sometimes her powers are completely like, they they just forget about her powers, right? And so several times in this movie, she just portals somewhere. They're like, how are we ever going to get there? And then she just makes a portal. Yeah. And she constantly is commenting about how like, <clears throat> overpowered portals are. I mean, uh, one of the ways they try and kind of kneecap her a bit in stories in general is that if she uses her powers too much, it her father gets involved and he's right. the big demon guy you know and so and that's... he is involved in the cartoon like the actual right. show but not in this movie so like becomes probably so like that's usually how they kind of box her in a bit you know kind of like how like because there's other heroes like superman or flash for example that are just way too powerful if you take yeah. their powers as far as they can or go. like even if you look at like the avengers the hulk and thor right. are like way more powerful than like hawkeye right so yeah they have to i understand they have to do that with these characters but I like the fact that they uh, face that, you know, she comments several times, why don't I just portal? And, you know, like 
It's, and she oh, comments yeah. about how overpowered portals are and how they always forget about them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's like her one of her most useful powers. Uh, but yeah, th- th- I have that because she does a portal here and, and says that portals are so overpowered or something along those lines. Um, and then we get a Slade Kaiju. Yeah, it's more like a mech suit. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like a mech warrior, a Gundam or something, you know. Yeah, so he gets he gets really big and uh yeah. So that's the that's giant the, robot. climactic like, fight. Yeah. yeah. Um which they, they beat him by doing their song from the beginning of the <laughs> from movie. From the beginning of the movie. But yeah. This time they they actually fight him during the song. Yes. And then Superman Superman and the rest of Justice League comes in and tells them, you know, that there's goofsters, but uh they are good at being heroes or they're real heroes or something along those lines yeah. also. Um so the movie ends and I know you laughed at this. The movie ends with I can't even remember who popped up on screen and said it, but somebody just pops up on screens and said, Ask your parents where babies come from. <laughs> like right at the end of the movie. Yeah, that was funny. And that's how the movie basically ends. Basically. Yeah. Um there was a line that we skipped over somewhere earlier in the movie where Robin goes, Why did you do that to Superman? He's a national treasure. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, they did do that. They, they did, did do, do that. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get, you know, our, the mid credit scene, which you've touched on a little bit, which is the original Teen Titans from the cartoon meeting up with Teen Titans Go and like saying that something is happening or something like that. And when this came out, I don't know if you remember, but when this movie came out, we were doing the Screen Heroes podcast. Mm-hmm. And this was a super, this, this got the internet like freaking out because, uh, you know, there were two fan bases, right? There were, the Teen Titans fan base and the Teen Titans Go fan base. And some there was a little crossover, but there was a whole very strict group of people that were like, Teen Titans Go is childish, it's stupid. And, uh, you know, Teen Titans is my cartoon. That's what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And so when they brought, they, that was basically a hint that they were going to bring the, the original Teen Titans into the fold again. Right. And people flipped out over that. Either I, in hatred or excitement or both. Yeah. It's it's kind of sad, right? Because there's other franchises like the Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers or Transformers. Well, they'll do all these generational crossover things. And it's really cool. It becomes these big fan events and everyone gets on board and they bring back actors and stuff. And for some reason, this was like a huge hot button. Of all the problems with DC, this was yeah. the hot button for some reason. Right. You know, I don't know. I it's okay if they make a show for kids and you're not a kid anymore. That's okay. Yeah. You know, not every piece of content needs to be for you. And if you did enjoy it, cool. All the more, the merrier. Right. But I don't know why people have to be like, so aggressive about it. Yeah. It's a little disheartening. Uh, But you know, that movie did end up coming out and was enjoyable. If you liked this movie, Derek, maybe you would like to go check that one out. So there, there's a couple others because there's that one. They did one with Space Jam too. Teen Titans oh, yeah. uh, go to Space Jam. Or whatever. I haven't I, seen that one. I think we're going to watch all of them at this point because I think this was just, it was really fun. It was very meta. It was clearly made by people who know the the history and the material and they care deeply about it. And yeah. they're just they're just writing it toward primarily a younger audience, which is fine. But then there's jokes that adults can get to, which is good for people like you that have a young child and you're forced to watch hours and hours of these, you know, this content. And if there's nothing for you in there, then, you know, it's much harder to get through. But if there's stuff for you, 
like for example bluey is something that i've heard a lot about that it's a kid's show but there's a lot of content that's you know more adult you know or more targeting adults or something like this where you know you get the kids humor but every now and then they throw something that there's no way a kid out there is going to pick up on it you know a reference to some movie that was made 40 years before they were born or something like that and that's something that that is good for you you i think a, a lot of it comes down to are the writers writing down to the kids or are they writing at the kids i think right. that's the big difference when you write at the kids then it's all very purposeful and you still have good writing mechanics just meant for a specific audience too many of these shows write down to the kids they're very condescending they're pandering right and right. this isn't that right bluey isn't that um and there's some obvious other examples if anybody wants some suggestions you know just let me yeah, know hit, but... hit Derek up. <laughs> um I think I think that you're right when you say that the people that make this are just genuine DC fans, because, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not even just like those obscure references, you know, in dialogue. You you go to the Teen Titans house, which we don't see much of in this. uh, But, you know, on the table, there's like Green Lantern rings for cereal like it's a cereal there, or there's like a a, a dark side uh, plush next mm-hmm. to the couch or you know it's just like these random things that they're clearly just taking any opportunity they can to either make like a jab at dc or just make something fun with dc content in their universe you know what i mean and that's how you can tell it's really made with love it's not even just you know the actual movie it's all these little little things in the movie like you said every scene there's something that mm-hmm. you can find that's obviously done with a tremendous amount of respect and love for the characters yeah, it it was good. Like just all all around, it was a lot of fun. I know the the Titans themselves can be kind of confusing because there are so many versions of these characters. There's you know this version where they're seemingly the youngest that we ever yeah. see them. There's stuff in between, and then there's stuff where they're adults. You know, between the original Teen Titans, the live action Titans, you've got uh, Young, Young Justice, Justice is kind of, of the Titans characters, right? Yeah, you know, and then of course they've had their own comics. A lot of them have had standalone comics and have you know things like that so they're an, a strange group of people yeah um and it's kind of hard to fit them into a box and the movie had to f- come up with some way to do that and i thought they did i thought picking the meta route is the right way to go with these characters at this point sure. because they acknowledge everything else about them and they're like okay so like yeah we know but let's do the story and i think right. that works i agree I, I enjoyed this movie. I'm glad that you finally watched it and enjoyed it and now want to consume more of that content. I think the whole Teen Titans Go show is on HBO Max. So, yeah, um, you know, if you ever want to catch up, they have the Doom Patrol on at one point. Like, oh, they, that's fun. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, they really talk about deep cuts throughout the whole DC universe, but no other Nick Cage uh, yeah. voice anything, I don't think. Maybe in one of the other movies, but... No, I can't I, remember. I don't think so. I think this is the only one that he showed up in, according to IMDb, anyway. And uh, yeah, okay. look, it was a small, it was a small part. There's, it's, it's not a whole lot to glean from him personally, but it was fun. I think it no, was. No, but a yeah, fun and role. you could tell just listening to him that he had fun with the role. So exactly. Um, okay, well, I guess we got to rate this thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. So we rate these zero to 20, zero is low, 20 is high. We have overall quality of the film, and then we have overall caginess, which is going to be a little weird in this one. But um, for overall quality, you know, I, I really liked it. At the end of the day, it is it is a kid's movie, but I thought it was really fun. 
Um, so I'm going to rate this fairly high. I'm probably going to give it, I don't know, probably like a uh, 15. That's where I was at with it too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's really good. It's, you know, is it a great Nick Cage film? No, not really. But I mean, is it a great film, especially if you have a kid or you're just like a really deep DC fan? I think you'll have fun with this if you can get past the art style, which I don't, I don't mind the art style, but a lot of people do. So no, it's fine. Like I, I love animation and I love that there are so many different styles of animation. I have some personal favorites, but there really aren't that many. I quote like straight up dislike. Yeah. You know, it's just different. I agree. Yeah. So then caginess is kind of a weird one with this. We get, I mean, he does call the column goofsters, which is pretty great. Um, but it's not really done in a cagey way. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. whatever the line about diarrhea was, you know, I, I would rate this pretty low on the caginess scale. Cause it's not really super cagey in this probably like a two or a three. Yeah. Is that I, I was going to give it a two. Yeah. I felt yeah. like there's, there's a little something there when he does talk, but he talks so little that, it's always harder. I think we mentioned this with the crudes also. It's it's always harder in animated because so much of uh, what makes a cageism a cageism is his physical. It's not just the vocal. It's also very physical. So if yeah. the you know animation doesn't necessarily translate that physical, then it's harder to for us to see it as cagey. So yeah, this one's going to be a low one. All right, so 15 on quality, two on caginess. We got to figure out what movie now is going to join our Wheel of Cage replacing Teen Titans Go to the Movies. And the movie that's joining the wheel is The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Ooh, I have seen that one. I have it's not. Been a long time. I've wanted I, to see it. I saw it in theaters. Jay Baruchel, nice. right? I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be fun. So if you want to find out which movie we're going to be talking about next time on the show, go to comingofcage.com and watch out for the next wheel. O cage episode where we will spin to find out what movie is next. Um, Ryan, anything else on teen Titans go to the movies? No, I think we covered it. Awesome. Well, it's good to be back. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Nicholas cage movie fun. Go to comingofcage.com. I'm Derek. That's Ryan. See you later. We'll catch you next time.